Hey, good morning. You know, worship is different things to different people. I want you to raise your hand if you think worship is something for us to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Raise your hand if you think worship is something to help us. Raise your hand if you think worship is something we watch. How about raise your hand if you think something is wor- worship is something we do? Raise your hand if you think worship is music and singing. Why don't you raise your hand if you think worship is formal and quiet? Or raise your hand if you think worship is free and loud. It's true. Worship is different things to different people. Dictionary.com says that worship is giving honor or reverence. Its origin comes from two terms put together. It's worth-ship. It's an acknowledgement of worth. Since we're talking about the Bible, one Hebrew word that is used as worship more than any other in the Old Testament, in fact, it's used 172 times in the Old Testament, it's the word shakah, which means to bow down. In the New Testament, one Greek word that's translated for worship more than any other is proskuneo, which means to kiss toward. If you came into a king's throne room, you would be invited to come near the king. You would honor him by bowing or kneeling and kissing his hand, his ring, or his scepter. Now that we know some of these definitions, we, we honestly have to ask the question, who cares? Who cares if we understand what worship is? Well, God does. God wants us to know what worship is. Friends, it's so easy to misunderstand it. The prophet Isaiah tells us, the Lord says, these people worship me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. Why would God say that? It's because they're not really even thinking about God when they worship. They're just going through the motions. They're just saying the words. And sadly, that describes what worship is like for a lot of people. Most of us just go through the motions. We just sing the words. We never really think about who we are worshiping. Jesus repeats what God said in Matthew 15. Jesus says, Isaiah the prophet was right when he wrote that God said, all of you praise me with your words, but you never really think about me. It is useless for you to worship me. In our English translation, even in the Greek and Hebrew, the original languages of the Old Testament and the New Testament, one word shows up repeatedly. Do you see it in that passage? God says, me, me, several times. If you don't know, anytime God repeats himself in Scripture, he's trying to make a point because it's important. What we can grasp from God's repetition is this. Worship is recognizing who God is. Worship is is recognizing who God is. In the last part of the Bible, (coughs) called Revelation, the apostle John writes in his letter to the seven churches in Asia. In context, John has a vision of what the Lord um, is like, what heaven is like, what worship will be in like, is like, rather. Revelation 4, verse 10 says this, the 24 elders knelt down before the one sitting on the throne as they, what's that word, worshiped, The one who lives forever, they placed their crowns in front of the throne and said, Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. You created all things, and by your decision, they are and were created. Worship is recognizing who God is. This group of worshipers realize that God is the creator of everything that exists. We see the same kind of focus in the Old Testament narrative of Nehemiah. The people of Israel returned to their land after being in captivity for 70 years in Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar, and they find everything is in disarray. Their homes, their towns are destroyed. Their temple was completely demolished. 
And, and Nehemiah knew it wouldn't be easy, but Nehemiah encouraged them to rebuild. And he, along with a group of leaders, prayed out loud this prayer. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is in it, the sea and all that is in them. You give life to everything and the multitudes of heaven worship you. Worship is recognizing who God is. You alone are the Lord. You are to be worshiped. King Solomon and the people built a temple to worship God. In Solomon's dedication prayer, you see his focus of worship in his opening words. Solomon said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in all the heaven and earth. You keep your covenant and show your unfailing love to all who walk before you in wholehearted devotion. And then we read that when Solomon finished his prayer, when his prayer was complete, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and what? worshiped. Worship is recognizing who God is. David wrote lyrics for a worship song that speaks about this. David tells us in 1 Chronicles 16, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Nothing shows this more than what we see in Peter's response to Jesus in Luke 5. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Crowds, they, they gathered everywhere where Jesus was, where Jesus went. Crowds gathered. And this time it was getting so crowded with people that the people were having a hard time hearing what Jesus was saying. So Jesus did something. Jesus noticed two boats, two empty boats, at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. These fishermen were done for the day. The best fishing on the sea happened at night when the fish came closer to the surface. These fishermen fished all night and were cleaning up after work, but Jesus was getting, just getting started. Jesus stepping into the one, one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. What, what I noticed most about this is that Jesus asked Simon. He didn't have to ask. Jesus didn't even need a boat. This is the same Jesus who walked on water. He, he didn't need to ask. He didn't need to boat, a boat. He asked because he wanted to involve Simon in what he was about to do. And Simon responded by pushing the boat out into the water. So Jesus sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, Jesus said something to Simon. He says, now go out where it is deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. Now this doesn't make any sense. Simon, Simon is pushing back on Jesus. He's saying, whoa, 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 Mr. Carpenter, sir. I'm the fisherman. You're the carpenter. This doesn't make sense. We, we're done for the day. Simon says, Master, we worked hard all night, but we didn't, we didn't catch a thing. We, we worked the entire night for a catch, but we returned empty-handed. We were ready to quit now. We, we've done all that we can do. Friends, is this where you are in life? You've done all you can do in a certain area, and yet things are still not good. You still haven't caught a thing. There's still no results. Friends, Jesus knows what he's about to do. You, 
just haven't recognized who he is yet. Simon doesn't understand. But Simon has faith. And Simon says to Jesus, but if you say so, I will let the nets down again. Not because this makes sense. Not because I understand. I'll do what you say because you are asking me to do this. And verse 6 says, and this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. And when Simon Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees. What is that proskuneo? That is bowing before. That is worshiping. He fell to his knees before Jesus. And he said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For Simon was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. Oh man, we, we have big problems. We have big issues. We have big worries. We have big questions. We need a clear view of a big God. Worship is getting a real view of who God is. is it's recognizing who God is. The sooner we learn to recognize who God is, the sooner we will experience all that he wants to do in our lives. The sooner we learn who God is, the sooner we will get involved in what God wants to do, not only in our lives, but through our lives. Worship is recognizing who God is. This is the heart of worship. I don't know how you have personally struggled with worship, but it's easy for me to get caught up in the logistics of it. In a church office, we face deadlines, just like many of you face in work, your workplace. We face deadlines. Sundays come around each week, right on schedule. All throughout the week, <coughs> along with other responsibilities, we are working to produce a, a quality worship experience for you. And if I'm not careful, this is where my focus lands. And what I'm learning is worship is all about God. Worship is all about God. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about what we like or what makes us feel good. It's not about the, whether we like the songs or not. It's not about the style we like or if we get anything out of it, friends. The heart of worship, worship is all about God recognizing who he is. Would you bow your heads with me today?